Hello, my friends. This is Dan Jones, and this is a quiet talk uh, for you. This talk grows out of the last one that was just called Brokenness. What's the most precious, most valuable thing you own? Is it some family heirloom, an expensive piece of jewelry handed down by your grandmother? Is it an antique, a painting? some other kind of beautiful work of art, or is it just an investment account that is built up over the years? I can imagine some of you are thinking right now, Dan, I know where you're probably going with this. I've heard enough of your talks to know you're going to tell us that material things are worthless. And then maybe you're thinking, my children are the most valuable thing I have. If that's what you're thinking, then let me narrow my question down a little bit. What is the most valuable thing you have that is totally in your control? As a father, I can tell you that while your children are of infinite value, they don't stay long within your control. They grow up, they go their own way, and regardless of what you may want for them, if you listened to Monday's talk, then Think back to the Bible story I ended with. It was about a woman. She was a woman who had reason to be especially grateful to Jesus. Her name was Mary, and she lived in a little village called Bethany, which was not quite two miles east of Jerusalem. First of all, I should point out that this was the Mary who sat at the feet of Jesus, listening to his teaching while her sister Martha was preparing a meal for Jesus and his disciples. But when we come to this incident I'm going to talk about, which is toward the end of Jesus's ministry, her reason for being so grateful to Christ was the fact that he had raised her brother Lazarus from the dead four days after his burial. If you've lost someone who is very dear to you, try to imagine how you would feel if you got them back when it was clear and obvious that they were gone forever. It's one thing when the doctors and nurses are trying to revive someone in the hospital right after they stop breathing and maybe they get a heartbeat, but that happened with my own father years ago when he was actually about three years younger than I am right now. But it would be quite another thing to see that person alive again to get to look in their eyes, see their smile, and throw your arms around them and feel their warmth four days after the funeral. But this was Mary's actual experience. If you want to go back and look at that amazing story, you can find it in John chapter 11. That's where we read those beautiful words from Jesus. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Then we come to chapter 12 and the story of Mary's extravagant expression of love and devotion to her Lord. This is a banquet, a community meal where many people are present. Mary comes with a container of precious ointment, and she pours it out on the feet 
of Jesus Christ. Now, this is a familiar story to people like me who are brought up on the Bible, but I want you for a moment to just camp out here and think about this act of worship. Judas, who knew the price of things, criticized Mary for doing this. He said very piously that that ointment could have been sold and the proceeds given to the poor. Such compassion. And by the way, he mentions the price that could have been gotten for this ointment, a year's wages. I don't know what you make, but according to exhaustive research that I just did on the internet a second ago, it's a bit over $50,000 a year in the U.S. right now. Now, I sometimes buy my wife perfume for Christmas. If it's Christmas, I want to get something nice, and I've often spent $50 on a bottle of perfume for her. Of course, I inwardly congratulate myself for my generosity. But I have to tell you that I've never bought Debbie a $50,000 bottle of perfume, assuming that such a thing even exists. Mary took a bottle of ointment that would have cost the equivalent of a year's wages for the average worker, and in a matter of seconds, poured it out on Jesus. That was extravagant. She was criticized for her, her extravagant worship, but Jesus commended her. So how much is too much to give Jesus? What have you given him lately? Now that I've talked about Mary, I want to go back to my original question. What is the most valuable thing you own that is completely in your control. I would suggest to you that the most precious thing you have is your own life. You were created by God. You were made in his image. Like every human life, your life is sacred. Your life was apparently worth the blood of his son to almighty God. What are you doing with your life? Are you living for yourself? What are you giving yourself to, pouring yourself out for? My dear friend, listen to me. Someday you will give account of your life to Jesus Christ. Paul told us in 2 Corinthians 5.10 that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Jesus will ask us, what did you do with the life that I gave you? I gave up my life for you. Did you give your life for me? This is not light stuff. Most people don't want to hear this. But if there are just a tiny handful of people out there who take this to heart, then it will have been worth taking my time to record this talk and put it out there for you. Are you willing to be poured out for the sake of Jesus Christ like that expensive ointment was poured out on Jesus just a few days before his death on the cross? Paul was willing. In his last letter that we have, 2 Timothy, he wrote this to his young protege. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, 
I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. You may say, but why would Jesus want me? I'm not worth that much. You're worth what God says you're worth. You are worth what he paid for you, the blood of his son. I can't think of a higher price a father could pay. In a famous letter that President Abraham Lincoln wrote to a woman named Mrs. Bixby, who had lost five sons in the Civil War, he referred to the costly sacrifice that she had laid on the altar of freedom. Most of us could never imagine what her grief was like. By the same token, we can never enter into the amazing sacrifice of Almighty God who gave up His one and only Son to such a fate as Calvary. All we can say is, Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. Francis Ridley Havergal wrote these words, Take my will and make it thine. It shall be no longer mine. Take my heart, it is thine own. It shall be thy royal throne. Take my love, my Lord, I pour at thy feet its treasure store. Take myself, and I will be ever only all for thee. Dear Lord, when I consider him who endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, your beloved son, I think that any tiny sacrifice that, that I could make is nothing in comparison. And yet, you call me to give you my life, or really to give it back. Please help me to do this somehow. Jesus, amen. Dear friend, if you would like to worship with us at the Bread of Life Anglican Church, uh, we are meeting at 1809 Union Street in Schenectady, New York. On Sundays at 10 a.m., it's at the American Legion Hall there. God is helping us to plant a new work there in Schenectady. 10 a.m., Sunday, 1809 Union Street. And if you don't have a church home, we would love to meet you and to try to be a blessing to you. As always, I may be reached by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. God bless you.